Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wednesday, it's the podcast. It's me, your pal, Big Gabo. It's the Scott Gibson Show. <laughs> I am Scott Gibson. Who else would I fucking be on a Wednesday? Hump day, God's day. Isn't every day God's day? No, it's a Sunday when you pretend to be a good Christian or a Catholic or a Buddhist or a, a Jehovah Witness. Uh, I never saw nothing, Governor. Or a I was going to say, I'm, I'm Aphrodite. That's not a religion, Scott. That's someone who can please themselves. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a Sikh. Um, uh, a Jedi. Uh, a Jew. Uh, <laughs> what, what other religions are there? Uh, no idea. Anyway, hope you're safe and well. Uh, Hare Krishnas! Um, are they are they a religion? Are they, is that a religion? Hare Krishnas? Are they just uh, are they just con men, you know? Sugaranga. Um and they would try and get you by that wee book in the beads. Remember the beads? Are there still monks kicking about Glasgow? Is that still a thing? When you start to go Hare Krishna and you'd be like, listen my man, I haven't even got money to get a bus home, so don't start all that Hare Krishna shite with me. You'd be like, listen mate <laughs> Just fucking say Garanga and buy my wee book off me for a fiver. You're like, what does Garanga mean? 
What does Garanga mean? What? Let's Google it. Does Garanga mean? My God, it's actually in Google. Is, is, is there nothing that Google can't give you? Uh, Garanga is another name for Sly, Sly Krishna Chatyana. Manapatabayabayo. 16th century Bengali saint and founder of the Gaidian Valhazvism. The term Garanga references Lord Chatya, possessing the golden complexion of Sarmati. What? What a lot of nonsense. Uh, meaning in origin, what does the name Garanga mean? Keep reading to find it. I mean, I don't want to keep reading. I wanted a short answer, Google. Urban Dictionary, Pop Culture's World, accepted meaning of be happy. Ah, shout Garanga for happiness. How the hell does Garanga mean? It means be happy. There you go. What an odd backward start to the podcast. But hey, say Garanga and be happy. We've just found it. We found the title of this episode. Right at the start, say Garanga and be happy. We need to write it down because we forget these things. Say Garanga, be happy. Anyway, how are you? The Queen's in the road, dude. The weather's trying to kill us all. Kate's going to have another baby to take the heat off of fucking Peter Andrew. And uh, and then God knows what else is happening. I saw a video of uh, Conor McGregor putting his arm around Vladimir Putin and then fucking shitting his pants. Shitting his pants. A man who gets into an arena, an octagon, and fights other men. Trained killers. Uh, the man has no fear. He's, uh, he's Irish for fuck's sake. He has no fear. He's made his, his crust, his living, from trying to stop trained killers from getting him. He gets to them before they get him, and even that man is brought to his knees with fear from a look of Vladimir Putin. Now we've all seen the videos, we know that uh, Putani is a, you know, a wee, a wee jiu-jitsu, you know, he, he loves a wrestle, as much as the next man, I mean, who doesn't? Think of the money, <laughs> think of the money the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather event, because I'm not going to call it a fight, event made. Also, when you look at this, that event, although McGregor got beat, he, he, he stood his own for quite some time against what was considered, not by me, but meant to have been one of the greatest fighters, boxers of all time in his weight division, Floyd Mayweather, and he stood his ground. I actually saw, I mean, we're going off on tangents, in the name of God, it's a fucking tangent-heavy episode today. I saw a, a, a video on uh, social media, which is the only good thing social media is for these days, of uh, Chris Eubank and his pomp and his he dee absolutely obliterating a boy, man, with one punch. On the name of God, the whack. The sound that this punch makes off this boy's chops, it is t- oh, it's staggering, man. It's staggering. And it kind of sent me down a wee rabbit hole of watching old clips of Chris Eubank when he was fighting. And my God, man. Man, the name of God, that boy could box. What a boxer, eh? Unbelievable power. 
and and the video was alluding to, you know, who would have won in a fight between Eubank and Mayweather. And I mean, I hope to God that Eubank would take his fucking neck clean off his shoulders, man. But some of the old videos of Chris Eubank think, God almighty, he was some fighter. I wish I could remember the guy's name, and I don't really know that much about boxing. I'll be honest, if it's no heavyweights, it's no boxing, as far as I'm concerned. But he floors this guy with one punch, and it's just beautiful, man. He's just standing, set the ring, absorbs a bit, bobs, weaves, moves, and then just generates a fucking staggering amount of power and just knocks the boy clean out, man. Clean sparkled out. But think of the money that was generated from the whole... Conor McGregor, Mayweather, nonsense. Think how much money. And we know now, if you listen to this podcast, what makes the money go round? What makes the money go round? What makes the world go round? Money and fear. And who has more of money and fear than Vladimir Putin? Not many, I would argue. Imagine if Putin put on a fight with McGregor, in the name of Christ, imagine the money that would generate, let them take the Champions League, if they want to take the Champions League final off, uh, Russia, move out of St. Petersburg, let them take the stupid game, for, not give a fuck, let them take it, and replace it, with Vladimir Putin, fighting Conor McGregor, in St. Petersburg Square, and it would make billions, you'd even have the Saudis, try to get involved, Please bring fight to Saudi Arabia. It's happening in St. Petersburg, you nutter. What a fight that would be. I would, I'd, I'd pay Sky Sports for that. I wouldn't even get it on the hooky box. I'd actually pay hard cash to see Vladimir Putin fight Conor McGregor. God almighty, what a fucking fight that would be. So yes, odd week. Um, what have we got? We've got Storms. The Queen's got COVID. It's, uh, it's it's all happening. I had quite a horrific experience um, earlier on during the week, um, which we'll talk about. Uh, we'll, 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 do that, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get that in a minute. Uh, I'm just looking at, as I'm looking quickly at the computer here as I as I discuss uh, matters of podcast relations. With you. I've just seen a thing here saying about the price of fish and chips, and I'm, I'm startled. It startled me so much, I'm going to have to read it. What the fuck is this saying? The price of fish and chips to go above £10 for the first time in UK history. Have we not suffered enough? Are we, are we not going through enough, man? If people can't turn their fucking lights on in their house, for Christ's sake. It's now become a common thing to put fucking tin foil behind radiators and have tea lights with terracotta pots on top of it in the hope that you can fucking heat your house and now a chippy's going to blow a tenner. What the fuck is going on? What is happening, man? This is the end of days. This is the end of days. It's not a desert fucking seascape. You know, 80 degree heats. Nobody can step outside without setting fire. This is the end of days. In your house, freezing, as your wheelie bins blow into the fucking next postcode and you're scraping money together to get one fish supper between the forties. I mean, let's just talk about the weather. It's fucking storm after storm after storm. It's just, it's just wind right now. It's all I can see is it's just wind. And the bits of England that are flooding, 
They fucking flood all the time. There's parts of England where people shouldn't live. But for some reason, these fucking Tories, they just love a wee idyllic village. For some reason, they think that because they're part of the lizard community, or because they invest so much money into fucking <laughs> QAnon, or fucking abroad paedophile islands, they're not going to get flooded. They fucking do. Every year they get flooded. And every year they say the same thing. I just can't believe the worst. Every year you flood, you fucking morons. They go and buy a house for the 1700s. And like, I mean, the house has stood on these grounds for over 400 years. My my father's father's father was a blacksmith in this village, and that's why we, we vote Conservative, and we don't understand why the flood barriers haven't worked. Somebody in the next fucking county up runs a big bath, and the bastards get flooded. So they can't be surprised when there's fucking huge rainfalls and winds. But maybe this is maybe this is it. Maybe this is what global warming is now. We're just a fucking windy an island. It's just fucking windy all the time. We need to accept it, man. I mean, for fuck's sake, have we learned? Have we learned? Have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing from COVID? That's my new favourite saying. It doesn't matter what it's in relation. To. It doesn't matter what it's in relation to. You can just shut down any argument by saying, "Have we learned nothing?" From COVID. And then just, just walk out of the room. Leave people uh, beflummoxed. Beflummoxed. Good work, good use of the word beflummoxed there. Why does nobody empty this dishwasher? I'm honest, I'm sick of doing everything in this house. I swear to God, man, I'm, I never get a minute's peace. Have we learned nothing from COVID? And then just walk out. <laughs> on, the, on the phone to a creditor. Mr. Gibson, um, we're going to have to send the bailiffs around to get... Have we learned nothing from COVID? Hang up the phone. But no, seriously, have we learned nothing from COVID? By that, I'm meaning we can't continue to allow things to dictate our lives to us. Right? Guess what? It's new fucking windy. Okay? Gone are the, gone are the seasons. Seasons are no more. No more. We don't have winter and summer and spring and autumn. It doesn't exist anymore. It is just 365 days of fucking high winds. Rain, damp, dreek, miserable, depressing, high fucking winds. The rest of the UK has now become Glasgow. The famous grey Glasgow sky. It doesn't matter what fucking day it is, what time of the year it is, what time of the day it is. When you look up, it's a fucking grey, dreek, depressing sky. That is now the whole of the UK. And guess what? We're sticking 90 mile an hour winds in there as well. That's it. We don't need red weather warnings. Amber, it's a red weather warning. What does that mean? They had the fuckers in one of the posh uh, home counties. They were playing a, an air raid siren because the, the, the banks had burst. F I mean, fuck off, man. We just need to get on with things, right? You can't wear hats anymore because the hats are gone. You can't have an umbrella anymore because the umbrella's gone. Somebody needs to go into Ephron Musket and Musket needs to fucking build a titanium-braced umbrella that can withstand the Scottish gusts. 
But we just need to go on with life, man. Right? We need to stop focusing on stuff that is out with our control. We need to stop getting anxious and angry about things that are out with our control. Stuff that we can have no influence over. You can't control the weather. You can't control the royal family shagging people who they shouldn't be shagging. We can't control that. But we can focus on the things we can control and we can do something about it and we can focus on the price of a fucking fish supper. Everything that's going on in the world, everything that is going on in the world right now. And thankfully, there is someone out there with journalistic credibility. Someone out there, one news outlet, who is delivering the truth, who is refocusing the minds of the British people on things that matter. We're all educated. We all understand how the world works, we understand how social media works, we understand how the mainstream media works, and we know just now this situation with Russia, there's more to it, and we know that. But the good people at the Metro continue to bring us the stories we need here, like the price of fish supper. Now, this is normally the, the Metro will name the reporters. This just simply says a Metro reporter. It's an undercover piece. It's from an anonymous uh, source. A, a whistleblower, if you will. Someone's blowing a whistle on the, uh, on, the, on the chippy industry. And thank God that they have. The article is as follows. Um... What's that got to do with the price of fish? Uh, week start is an old saying that seems just as relevant today as ever before. He's rescued it back there. Uh, that's because the cost of the traditional fish and chip supper. It's just a fish supper. I mean, you don't need to say fish and chip. This would leave me believe they're English because the English people don't know how to fucking say fish and chips. Uh, a fish supper is on the verge of averaging £10 per head. Per head! For the first time. Unbelievable! Chippy owners have said they're facing higher costs. Cod alone has gone up by 75% since October. In the name of fuck, Haddock gets worse. 81%! Jesus Christ! 81% for Haddock! Forget fucking crypto. Forget fucking taking people hostage in an Apple shop in Amsterdam demanding crypto. You should be fucking getting a fishing boat off the coast of Peterhead at gunpoint. The price of fucking haddock has gone up 81%. There's, there's stock people, there's traders in London, in the city. Can they get returns like that? Cod up 75%, Haddock up 81%, unbelievable returns. Forget putting your money into some kind of ISA, some kind of offshore holding fund, buying private islands, bringing in the rich and famous. <laughs> Forget about doing stuff like that. Forget about putting your money into offshore accounts. Forget about investing into stocks and bonds. You should be investing in fish. You should be putting your money into a small fleet of fishing boats. Haddock up 81%. Forget property. Forget bricks and mortars. Fish is where it's at. 
Cooking oils are more expensive. Even mushy pe- even mushy peas. It's nothing safe. It's nothing safe in this fucking country anymore. I blame England. I blame you, you Tory voting bunch of bastards. The price of mushy peas has doubled. And I hope you're happy. I was getting myself so worked up there I thought I was going to sneeze. That's how, that's how angry I was getting. Everything's doubling. Cooking oil, more expensive. Mushy peas doubled in price. Haddock and cod through the roof. On top of that, there'll be a ton of 20% VAT from April. Jesus Christ. The National Federation of Fish Fryers. Try saying that fast ten times when you're drunk. The National Federation of Fish Fryers says the current price is between £6.50 and £9. But warns, it won't last for long. Six fifty is a bit cheap for a fish supper, is it? No, I would say about seven fifty. Uh, Andrew Crook, uh-huh. president of the uh, federation and owner of Skippers in Uxton, Lancashire, currently charges seven pound fifty for a fish supper, but doubts that will last much longer. Uh, he warned there was a major threat to the industry. He said it, it could soon be over ten pounds. And others are likely to do the same. Risking costs are... Sorry, I, I think I should say rising. Rising costs are really putting us under pressure and will push some out of business. Meanwhile, David Miller, a chippy owner from Haxby, North Yorkshire, said fish and chips has been underpriced for a long time and they have to act fast to cope with a tsunami of incoming costs. I mean, I, I, you know, David Miller, uh, he's probably got a point. He's probably got a point. I mean, when you think about it, right, that you would you would struggle, I would say, to get a decent, let's just say, burger and chips for under a tenner. I mean, if you go to Five Guys, you're going to be paying, what, 15 to £18 for a burger, chips and a drink. I mean, you think that an average fish supper costs about £7.50. A, a, a decent fish supper probably should cost £10 plus. It probably should. And I, I mean, although I am outraged at the rise in the cost of fish, maybe maybe we are paying too little for it. But then at the same time, if you're gonna be if I'm gonna be paying a tenner for a chippy, something that's notoriously been cheap in the past, it needs to be fucking good quality. And listen up, chip shop owners down south. Two bits of fish, you cheap bastards. Two bits of fish is what we want. Even if you just take one fillet and cut any two, I don't care. I want two bits of bastard and fish. Um, David Miller goes on to say, for some, the prospect of paying so much for one of the UK's staple meals is already a reality. Let's not forget the shock of Les Jones, who said he needed therapy after paying £54 for fish and chips while on a trip to London. What? I mean, that's London for you, innit? London and Edinburgh. Fucking shut them down, man. Meanwhile, uh, it's not a great day for drinkers either with predictions that a pint could cost an average of £10.50 in London by 2030. Fuck off. No, nobody's going to pay a tenner for a pint. I mean, that's a different story, Metro. Stop trying to read me down that path. Uh, cost of producing beer are going up. Cost of everything's going up. Soaring energy prices, labour shortages, rising cost of raw materials. It's fucking Brexit, innit? 
this is that this is I mean, not that I want to go on. And again, not that I really care how you voted, whether you voted for or against Brexit to remain remain or leave. But all the bullshit of Boris in the bus. Boris in the bus. Oh Boris is bullshit in the bus. Bullshit Boris in the bus. All the remain people had to do was come out and say, listen, see if you vote Brexit. A pint's going to cost you a tenner and a fucking fish supper's going to cost you a tenner. And everybody would have voted, remain! That's how you get it to people. Just make up stuff. That's what they did. Just make it up. Alright mate, do you, do, you, do you like a pint? Oh, I love a pint. Do you, do you ever eat a, a chippy? Oh, fucking love a chippy mate, aye. What'd you get in the chippy? Fish supper mate, every time. Alright aye. See if you vote leave. Pint's going to be £80 and a fish supper's going to be two grand. In the name of fuck, remain, remain! That's how you win politics. I would pay £10 for a fish supper if it was a decent fish supper. And I think that we need to give some feedback to the fish and chip vendors of of, uh, Scotland. Please, oh please, oh please, can we stop serving fish suppers and all chippies in general in these cardboard boxes? Or a fucking polystyrene kebab tray. Can we please just go back to wrapping it in paper? It does impact the taste. It does impact my eating experience. Please, please, please just go back to having it inside paper. And I don't mean a copy of the Daily Sport. Just get the fucking uh, chippy paper. Put it in the wee brown one and then put it in the white one. That's it. I don't need my chips in a wee fucking tray. I don't need any of that. I just need it in paper. All right? Plenty of salt, lots of vinegar. Thank you very much. Just when we think, just when we think life can't get any worse, the the things we enjoy the most is now going to, it's going to be, I mean, at this point you're going to be having to choose between turning your heating on or getting a chippy. And I know what one I'd vote for. That should have been the slogan of the Remain campaign. Say your anger and have a chippy. <laughs> <laughs> Briefly talking about food, um, I'll go to this. I was passing at the time. I didn't know what it was. I was passing an abattoir the other day, an abattoir, and uh, out of nowhere, I heard this horrific, and I can only describe it as horrific noise, a sound, and it was so bad. I actually didn't. It didn't even register what it was but it was um it was i mean it, i was going to say it was animalistic cuz it was from an animal but it was it was almost like it set a reaction off of me like like can a caveman no i mean as if that let's deepen my dna the noise that i could hear this sound i, I was completely unsure as to what it was it was just i, I can't even describe it but as it went on, uh, I quickly realised it was the sound of pigs screaming in the slaughterhouse, and it was—I mean, it was deafening. It was—it de- was deafening, and it was incredibly disturbing. Incredibly disturbing. To the point where. I mean, I've thought about it for the last two days since I heard it, and and all I can think of is. They're clearly suffering. 
and some people might argue that you know they're not they're not suffering they're just distressed but even even still they're, they're, they they must know they're going to their death they must know no i'm not at all saying and that's why we all have to become vegan and stop it let let the animals live free i love pork i love it as much as an ex man but it certainly has made me think that Oh, hold on. As I'm as I'm doing this, you know, I've got the tour manager again in with me, and I can just he, he never sits quietly. And now I'm seeing he's he's dug an old wrapper out of the bin, which I believe uh, may be a, a wagon wheel, and he's setting about the remains of the wrapper. So I'm going to pause uh, for a second briefly, and we shall return to this story. Give me give me one second to go and batter his arse, and we're back. Absolute mucky bastard. So yes, um. It just got me thinking. It got me thinking. And oddly, coming off the back of that, the price, of, the price of food for a fish supper. It's got me thinking about. I'm not going to stop eating meat, right? It's, it's not going to happen because I, I, I love it. But what I can do. Is certainly, think more about where my food comes from. And and in particular, where where the meat that I eat comes from. Because I was thinking about a packet of bacon. And we've probably all done it. Everyone loves a bacon sandwich. Who doesn't? Even vegetarians love a bacon sandwich, although they won't admit it. I have on a number of occasions paid £1, £1.50 for a packet of bacon. I have found myself outraged. It's seeing a packet of bacon cost over three pounds. When surely things like the life of an animal, the welfare of an animal, and to the point where the animal is slaughtered, has to start coming into our thinking and coming into our pricing of products. Now, Again, I'll stress this, I am not at all advocating for a vegan lifestyle. Not one fucking bit. I will always eat meat in some shape or form. Do I think we should maybe cut down our consumption? Probably yes. I'm not going to get into the whole fucking climate change element of it because I don't really know how much I believe in that. I don't think that if everybody stopped eating meat we would instantly solve problems. There may be some kind of impact in it for the agricultural, that's easy for you to say, the agricultural sense of it or, you know, the the production of of meat. But don't think for a minute that the production of, you know, certain vegan products or or soya or veg isn't as damaging. So it doesn't cancel each other out. But I do think if you are choosing to continue to eat meat, I do think we have to do more with regards to understanding where our meat comes from and what we are buying. Now, same point for that as well. We'll just come off the back of a rant about cost of living. We hear it every fucking day, right? And I, I get it. Some people cannot afford, and, and this is what a lot of people don't want to accept. They say things like, some people cannot afford to pay £3 for a packet of bacon when you can get a packet for a pound. A lot of people don't want to accept that. But here is the harsh and the sad reality. 
That is true for a lot more people than you think. If you are naive to the situation that a lot of people find themselves in, where you think that one pound or two pounds on the cost of thing doesn't make a difference, then it fucking does. You are completely naive in your privilege if you think that that doesn't exist. There are tens of thousands of people out there, families out there, where the difference of 10, 20, 50 pence a pound on each product that they buy makes a vast difference on them having some kind of living. But if I am in a position where I'm able to afford to spend a little bit more, I should. And on the occasions when my only option is to have a cheap packet of meat or go without, then the decision surely now has to be go without and have, as much as it pains me to say it, a vegetarian option or some other option. Whether it be some other protein, whether it be cheese, whether it just be a big bowl of fucking chips. <laughs> or chips and cheese. Hello. But after hearing that, man, it really fucking, it unlocked something in me. It was blood-curdling, the sound. It was absolutely horrendous. I mean, I'm still thinking about it now, two days later. Um, we met a woman at a farmer's market. I mean, check me out, middle-class Henry over here. A farmer's market in, in Moffat as well, of all places. And I bought some uh, mutton from her. She's a mutton farmer. And she was telling me, it looked incredible, man. Beautiful, beautiful meat. I was like, I love the look of your meat there. She's like, oh, it's fantastic. I got uh, mutton burgers and a big packet of mince off her, which I might make a cottage pie with, or I might just make some meatballs. I've not decided yet. Um, but she was telling me that the, the farm is just up the road. It's actually not far from where I live, and you know, if you want to come to the farm and see the farm, and they, she says they, they slaughter their own meat as well. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if you are, if you get young kids or, or teenagers, or you're just a family, that you're going to have the time to go to farmers markets or you're going to have the time to research, you know, where your meat comes from. But there certainly is information on packets, even in supermarkets. Even somewhere like Aldi, for example. I know that Aldi has the same meat provider for its beef as Marks and Spencer's. There are certain things that you can do to find out. And listen, even if you're not going to go to the extent of researching everything that you buy, you can get a pretty good idea from the cost of it. And things like a farmer's market is a great place to go. And as people's attitude to food changes and their, their, their quest for knowledge changes as well, there'll, there'll be farmer's markets near you. It's a great place to take kids. They can speak to producers, they can understand where food comes from, they can you know, find out how it's made. All of these people will be more than happy to talk to you. I just think after that, I need to make changes in, in my diet and I, I need to make changes in the things that I buy. Even still, the fact you can get a whole chicken for three quid, I mean, what fucking life is that chicken had? And I'm not saying he needs to be sitting on a fucking sun lounger on Epstein's Island living up life. I'm just saying the animal maybe doesn't need to be jammed in a pen 
his whole life, kicking about his own shit, stuck in the back of a lorry, driven down to a drossing, and then shot in the head as his pals scream around it. That's all I'm saying, my man. Nobody wants that ending. Nobody wants that ending. So the ne- next time you're out, next time you're doing a shop, just have a look. Have a look at the prices. And if you're buying a, a packet of ham for sandwiches, you know, and it's like two quid for a fucking massive packet of ham, maybe just think, where is that all came from? And I know you might be going, like, but Gibble, I've got three wins, man. I've got to make their pieces for school. Well, maybe you maybe think, hey, you're not getting pieces, you wee dicks. <laughs> Give them peanut butter. I'm also just starting to think, what is what what kind of meat am I putting in my body that I can buy all that for a pound? I mean, we, we need to start questioning that as well. If something can be produced, packaged, shipped, and resold for a pound, and it's still making a profit, what the fuck is in that? I always remember the chicken roll. I used to buy chicken roll when I first moved out. For suddenly putting sandwiches. And it was like a pound for a fucking, a barrel, a chicken roll. And on the back of the packet, 26% chicken. I mean, it's fucking called chicken roll. 26%. What's the other 74? Roll. Full of shit. Now, at the time, I was a fucking poor student. Skin. Time has moved on. Education is better. It was, it was, honestly, it was the, one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life was these fucking pigs squealing, man. Horrible. So I don't know, if you've got a farmer's market near you, go and check it out. Shop small, shop local, all that kind of cuff. But you'll get, you'll get some good gear, man. Can't wait to try the stuff that I bought. It looks amazing. I bought a mutton pie offer. A hot mutton pie, and even that was fucking sensational. So I can only imagine how good the uh, the actual meat is going to be itself. But I poor wee piggies, man. It was it was a fucking horrific thing here. An odd, an odd start to a Monday. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. If you know of any good uh, suppliers, if you've been to any good farmers markets, let me know as well. I'd love to hear about them. But the one in Moffat at, at the town hall was great, man. There was lots of good stuff to do. We got some cakes and some some bath things and oh somebody tried to get me to buy a bottle of gin for fifty quid. I was like, fucking chase yourself, you're nut job. Bottle of gin for fifty pounds. Fucking do one, mate. Anyway, RIP pigs. So please, next time you do it, buy the expensive bacon, get the deer ham, buy a good chicken, and enjoy your dinner. You know, treat yourself. Don't fill your body with nonsense. Give it a good gear. Moving on, um, difficult time at the moment for uh, Rangers fans and uh, Orangemen. <laughs> Going strong in Europe, five points behind the league, or is it three points behind the league? And uh, the head of state, the monarch, is uh, she's not a shaky peg, old Lizzie. She's got COVID, uh, confirmed. You may have seen a, a news story. Uh, some uh, idiots in America 
I believe it is called uh, Hollywood Unlocked. Is that the name of it? Let me just actually think. Hollywood Unlocked, yes, which is a fucking online. I was going to say news outlet, but I mean, it's hardly news, is it? Hollywood Unlocked. These morons had apparently put out a, a, a statement saying the Queen's dead. Lizzie's dead. And they apparently stand by their source because they've not had an official uh, rebuttal from the palace saying otherwise. I mean, who do these fucking cunts think they are? Imagine a request because the royal household. Uh, my liege. We have a request from the, the Hollywood Unlocked. Who? Exactly, my liege. They've ran a story that the Queen, uh, Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth, has died. They wish to know if we'd like to make a statement. You you know fine well, young man, the only people we speak to is the BBC and the Rangers News. <laughs> so Lizzie's got COVID. She got it off Charles. Charles is desperate. He's desperate. He had 2022 in the sweepstake. He's like, if I don't become king this year, I swear to fucking God, Camilla is getting fun in a tunnel. He's trying to get her out, man. He wants a summer coronation. He doesn't want these, this bad weather. He's trying to push his mo out. He thought another fucking pedo scandal for the brother would send her over the edge. But she's hanging on, man. And now he's went, in the name of fuck, I'm going to give the old cow COVID. It's only a matter of time, and it? What is she, 90, 95, 96? Pushing on, man. I mean, I imagine that the old Lizzie's probably got the best fucking care money could buy, and rightly so. She's a queen, for God's sake. COVID will not get her. That's not how the queen's going to go, man. That is not how the queen's going out. No fucking way. I don't... I, I mean, I've said in the in the past that when, when Lizzie goes, I think they should just fucking scrap a lot of them. I, I wonder how it's going to be with Charles. I know that there's uh, there's been talk at the moment, because there didn't seem to be getting set in stone. Listen, as you do, we've, we've all had, uh, you know, sadly, we've all lost family members. If you've been lucky, you may have lost grandparents when they, you know, they've lived to be a good ripe old age, you know, like 52, 53. And I think there's just a kind of natural point in people's lives where, you know, you know your body yourselves and you might know that you're, you're probably coming to, your, to the end, you know, as depressing as it sounds. So people start to give things away. That's quite a common thing. You you go and visit family members and they just start to give you things, you know? Uh, stuff for the house, things to remember them by because they want to feel as if their stuff's been passed on. You know, no one likes to think that as soon as you're gone, your family's going to come around and hire a skip and then just fucking rattle everything you own into a skip, put it in a landfill. People like to think that, that their memory will live on and stuff. But a bold Charlie boy, man, he's desperate to get his feet under the table. And I don't know how it it'll it'll be weird because I've only known the Queen grown up. It's going to be suddenly odd to have gone from Queen Elizabeth to King Charles, like the Spaniel. <laughs> it's going to be an odd one with Camilla. Is it the Queen Consort or something? Is that her title? That's going to be odd. Seeing Charles and Camilla. Is the king and queen is going to be odd, and I know, he, like I said, he came. It went, um, you know, we're just King Charles will have a small coronation. It won't be like his mother's because they think he's a fuck. 
the price of fish stoppers are terror, Charlie boy. You think we're all going to spend millions watching you get a fucking crown on your head? I don't think so. We spent enough getting your boy getting his front room done up, and then he's fucked off to America with that tramp. Queen Camilla. She's the real wonder in this, isn't she? She was out riding for years, man. And then when, when her time was up and she wanted to come home for an easy rush, she went like, all right, Charlie boy, come on then. Pop it in, let's do this. <laughs> I just like the idea as well of this fucking Hollywood Unlocked. They, they can just run a story knowing that it's false. Just run a story that the Queen's died Put an official statement, and this is an official statement. It says, Socialites, that's how it starts. It is with her deepest regret to inform you that the Britain's, that the Britain's Queen, not even the British Queen, that Britain's Queen Elizabeth has died. Sources close to the Royal Kingdom, what is that, what? Notified us exclusively, exclusively! First thing a day, the fucking, the footman has come in in the morning, Right? Good morning, your majesty. Open the curtains up. He's put a mug of Bovril and a copy of the Rangers News at the bottom of the bed. Good morning, your majesty. Your, your Bovril and your copy of the Rangers News, your majesty. Your majesty. No movement. No movement. Two corgis digging in at her back. <laughs> Whimpering. Your majesty. Your Bovril. Your Rangers News, your majesty. Footman edges closer. Lifts back the covers. One tit hanging out. She's blue. She's fucking blue. He's running down the corridor. She's blue. Her majesty's blue. We know she's blue, you mad man. She supported the Rangers for years. No, she's blue. She's dead. The heat footman. Massive feet. Comes in. Where's the bovril? Touches the queen's brow. Can't confirm she's dead. And the first thing he does, the first thing, does they notify the Prime Minister? Does they notify other members of the Royal Household? He gets straight on to the fucking Hollywood Unlocked, the online gossip magazine, to tell them. Sources close to the Royal Kingdom notified us exclusively that Queen Elizabeth has passed away. She was scheduled to attend the wedding of British Vogue editor Edward Einfel. But was found dead. That's a full. That's a full statement. That's it. The Queen, the longest-serving monarch in history. And these fuckers give one paragraph. Unbelievable. Think that they'll, they'll be. I mean, hours, days, weeks, months, and years of programming lined up for when Lizzie pulls the plug at the BBC. It is going to be endless when the Queen finally dies. When that news comes in, they're going to be going to melt down the BBC. I mean, people, you'll be able to give them the fucking three months off because it'll all be pre-programmed forever. It'll be like a scene in the thick of it. Right, red alert, the Queen is gone. Go into the J-Drive, find under the folder Her Royal Highness and run the programmes, run the programmes. It's going to be, it's going to be unreal. It's going to be strange. It's going to be strange when she's gone. But I think we've all got to prepare for that. Maybe not this year, but soon. 
I don't think she's going to hit 100. You never know. But isn't it going to, it's going to be weird with Charlie Boy, isn't it? With his wee fat sausage fingers as the king. It's going to be weird. Does that mean we need to get new money? Does that mean new money? Sure, we're not going to have fucking Charlie Boys cooping in the back of money, are we? We must. Oh, it's going to be on a stamp. Ah, oh, thank God you don't need to lick stamps anymore. Imagine how many lick Charlie Boys cooping. No, thank you, not at all. Strange times ahead, man. Strange times ahead. Will Lizzie survive? Who knows? Who knows? Right, where are we at? Where are we at time-wise, man? Um, let's finish off with, with this. Um, mental health update. Mental health update. Uh, I, I was actually going to do a wee Instagram live the other day, and then it just, you know, time just got away from me. And I thought, I'll just talk about the podcast. I posted up a picture. Um, maybe last week, start of this week, I can't remember what it was, but it was a picture on Instagram stories of an apricot Danish, and I can still remember it now, one of the best apricot Danishes I've ever had in my bloody life, and the reason I wanted to talk about it was because, um, you know, I've mentioned it in, in some comedy and some stand-up shows, the whole idea of people posting stuff on social media to make it as if they have a good life when you don't really know the person or what they're experiencing or what they're going through, or even at the time, although the picture may depict something that is enjoyable, you don't really know what that person's experiencing, suffering, feeling, that kind of thing. And I found the picture <clears throat> quite interesting and, I suppose, therapeutic in a way. For two reasons. One, it reminded me of a great Danish uh, pastry, I'm talking about, not a person. An apricot Danish, one of the finest, most delightful things you'll ever have in your life. And also because it reminded me of the time when the picture was taken. Now, it was just over a year ago. And I was taking the car, my missus' car, to be serviced. And I was at Portobello next to Edinburgh and there's a wee cafe uh, on the beachfront of Portobello and I went in there for a coffee and I got this apricot Danish and I was sitting having it and I remember because it was the day after I had done one of the quarantine quizzes and I was in a very bad place mentally I often disregard my mental health now and I have kind of not taken how I've been feeling seriously the last couple of months because I've I've not been in a very good place I am struggling creatively if that's the right word and I'm kind of just back in that wee rut again of of feeling blue and feeling down. And the reason why I'm talking about it just now is because some of you may be suffering the same. And I, and I think my point is this. Because I was in such a bad place a couple of years ago. And by bad place I mean I was suicidal. I wanted to take my own life. And I've spoken about this before. And because I came through that. And I am now aware of my own mental health. 
I am aware of how it impacts me. I also know how to deal with certain things. And I also know that the feelings that I'm having will pass. Now, at the time when I'm suffering and at the time when I'm low, that understanding doesn't fill me with any hope or joy or comfort. But there's a little thing in the back of my mind that knows it will pass eventually. And the reason why all of this kind of brought back for that photograph was because at that time I remember sitting on the bench looking out to the water and just thinking how low I was. I had no work with COVID. I had no real hope. I had no money. I hadn't gone back to doing a normal job at that point yet. I was unhappy in my relationship. And I was really, really struggling. And I had nowhere to turn. And at the time, I felt as if I was slipping back into an old way of thinking. But as I saw that picture pop up in the memories as I reposted it, it made me think that even within the short space of a year, how you can turn these things around and how day-to-day it may seem incredibly difficult and there may even be a point where you think, I'm not going to get out of this space again. Suddenly before you know it, you are. So although a year is a long time, the argument can also be said that a year is a short time. And if you had, you know, told me that day when I was sitting on that bench, feeling the way I felt, that in a year, I'm going to be in a far better place than I am at that moment in time, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But I am. Now, I'm not in a great place at the moment, but I know why I'm putting myself back into that position. The other thing I wanted to talk about is also this. I often don't consider myself to be in a bad space mentally because I'm always comparing it to my lowest point, my worst moment. And like I said, as I as I spoke about in the in the, in the show when I did the 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 show White Noise, which was all about my my mental health, I I often cite that point as the benchmark. By that I mean I often think about the lowest point I ever had in my mental health journey when I was suicidal, when I was, you know, afraid I was going to take my own life. And I went and spoke to my doctor and I started to get some help and I started to understand what triggers me. I started to understand how uh, that I had anxiety and how my anxiety affects me, the things that set it off. And I started to understand about how to manage my mental health. And what I often do now is I remember that point, I remember those feelings, I remember that state I was in and when I start to feel low again or I start to feel depressed again, I don't give it the respect it deserves because in my mind I say, alright we're feeling shit and we're feeling down and we're feeling bad but we are nowhere near as bad as what we were. So don't worry and move on. And that is the wrong situation to be in because 
working on yourself and your mental health will be a constant thing. For anybody who suffers from it, if any of you are listening now and you suffer from any form of mental health, as much as you don't want to hear it, you're always going to be suffering from it. It's always going to be there. You have just unlocked a part of your mind. You've opened a door that can't be closed. It doesn't mean that it can't be managed. It doesn't mean you'll never be happy again. Or that you're not normal, because you are. But you'll always have it. You'll always be dealing with it. And I suppose what I'm trying to say is, always look after yourself. Always make time for yourself. Don't allow yourself to think that just because you're feeling crap or you're feeling down, that it doesn't deserve your time or it doesn't deserve some kind of solution just because maybe in the past you've been worse or you've been lower. That's that's maybe where I am just now in my kind of understanding of my own mental health. I've been telling myself recently that, you know, I, I'm okay or, you know, I shouldn't be thinking about things, I don't worry about things because I'm not as bad as I was before. And that's bullshit. Always just take the time to try and think about what is affecting you. I'm not in one of these councils. Listen, make a list and things are out with your control. Just get rid of them. If I could do that, I wouldn't be fucking depressed in the first place, would I? But seeing that picture was good because it made me think about a time when I was in a bad place, a very bad place. And it reminded me that you don't know where you're going to be in a year's time. You can get yourself out of situations. You can help yourself by talking to people, talking to a doctor, medication if you need it, changing things, whether it be diet, whether it be health, fitness, whatever it may be. And again, these things don't need to be, you know, quick fixes. Diets, health can take months, years. It's the movement in the right direction that helps. So don't allow yourself to think that you don't matter. Don't allow yourself to get into a position where when you start to feel down or your mental health is suffering, do not allow yourself to think it's not important because it is important. Don't be afraid to talk to people. Don't be afraid to tell people close to you, loved ones, partners, family members. Don't be afraid to tell them you're not feeling great. And also don't be afraid to tell people they don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything to help, to fix you, to cheer you up. You just need to let them know that you're not doing great. And just remember that things can get better. Things will get better. And as soon as you start identifying that you're not feeling good or you're struggling, without you thinking it, without you maybe being the logic of it, you've already started to make a step to feel better. So look after yourselves. Get a Danish pastry. Take some time. Understand what your mind is. The thoughts you're having. And if you're feeling down or you're feeling low, be honest with yourself and accept it. And say, I am feeling shit. I am feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious. Why am I doing it? Try and understand the things that are triggering you. The things that are setting you off. 
and if you can, over time, work towards making them better. And that's it. Thank you for listening. Buy expensive meat. Get a chippy before it's too late. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Wash your hands and your asshole. And I'll hopefully see you on a battlefield very soon. Take care of yourself, guys. Thanks for listening. Onwards. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.